0: It's a great way to start your day each day because many of these requests are really a launching pad for the day ahead. Like, Lord, give me today my daily bread. Lord, please, um, I want to keep you first today. So a lot of this stuff is about, hey, Lord, I want to be prepared for the day that you have ahead of me. Go before me. That's kind of what the Lord's Prayer is all about. And as I've said throughout this whole um, sermon series, the Lord's Prayer is really an outline that teaches us how to pray. A lot of people have a challenge with that. How do I pray? Well, Jesus answers that question with the Lord's Prayer, and in this prayer, what he does is he's given us seven petitions, seven different requests that we can have when we go to prayer in the morning, in the afternoon, and thus far in the journey, we've looked at the first five petitions on the card in the prayer. And today what I want to do is we're going to look at the last two. The last one will be just our closing prayer as we close today. But today we're really going to narrow our focus, narrow our focus to this sixth petition. So if you have your card, let's look at that together. If not, I'll put it on the screen for you. And that is that Jesus gives us these words in the sixth petition. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hey what I'd like to hear is I'd like to hear everyone's voice together. Can we read this together as a church family? Very powerful when we do this. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So what is it? What is it that we're asking when we make this petition? This is what I want you to hear. So I need everybody just to kind of lean forward at least in your thoughts or in your heart. I want to I want to lay a foundational truth that you must understand we need to understand this truth for this part of the prayer to have its ultimate impact in our lives and here's the truth that I want every single one of us to understand and I don't want you to be scared with it I don't want you to be afraid or scared but I want you to embrace this truth and that truth is this there is a spiritual battle there is a spiritual battle just as though there are physical battles there are also what is called in scriptures spiritual battles, okay? And there is a battle between what's good and evil. There's a battle between what is right and wrong. There's a battle between the flesh and the spirit that's going on. And I want to let you know that in this battle, we don't need to be afraid, but in this battle, there is a real, real enemy, a real enemy. So what I want to do this morning is I'm going to share with you two scriptures to kind of validate what I've just said that we're in a battle, and yes, there is a real enemy. The first scripture I want us to look at is the scripture found in First Peter chapter 5, verse it should be verse 8. I apologize for that error. First Peter 5:8. Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus, gives us this word. He says, Hey, stay alert. Exclamation mark. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. So he's going to describe the enemy. He calls him the devil. And he goes on to describe him. He says, and he prowls around like a what? A roaring lion, and he's looking for someone to devour. Doesn't sound very nice, does it? That you have an enemy who's looking for someone to devour. But Peter wants us to understand a truth, and that is hey, gang. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in a spiritual battle and there's a real enemy and he doesn't have your best interest in mind. He wants to devour. One other verse I want to show to kind of support what we're saying here comes from the very lips of Jesus. The very lips of Jesus. Jesus says these words in John chapter 10, the first part of verse 10. He says, the thief's purpose. Who's the thief? The devil. The thief's purpose is to steal To kill and destroy. Wow. That's what his agenda is in my life. That's what his agenda is in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And you say, Mike, what is it, what is it that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy in my life? And I came across six things that the enemy would love to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. Number one, he would love to kill, steal, and destroy your faith. Number two, he would love to come to kill, steal in your relationships. He would love to come in and messy, messy up, mess up your relationships. Number three, he would love to come and take our peace. Number four, what would the enemy like to take from us? Number four, he would love to take your destiny. I want you to hear this today. God has a destiny for your life. And there's an enemy that wants to come and he wants to steal your destiny. Are you hearing me this morning? Number five, he wants to come and take your joy. God wants his children to be people who are filled with joy. Regardless of the circumstances, we can have joy. And number six, he wants to take away our health. So what I want you to do, gang, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at this list, one through six. Faith, relationships, peace, destiny, joy, health. Look at the list. Is there anything on this list that you're willing to live without? Is there any of those six that you're willing to say, yeah, I'll give that up, no problem, I don't want it, I'm not interested? Are there anything on that list that you're willing to give up? Well, I wanna let you know the enemy wants to take, maybe not all at once, but sometime he comes subtly, 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 there we go, and he may take one of these things at a certain season in your life. There is a real battle, and there is a real enemy, and he doesn't have your best interest in mind. Actually, I want to let you know he wants to come, and he wants to mess up your life. He wants to make it so messy that nobody really wants to be around you. He wants to mess it up where even you're not happy with your life. I had a young lady call me this week in tears, broken, because the enemy has got the best of her, and her life is in a place she never thought her life would be. And she could barely speak over the telephone. She was in tears because she said, how did I ever get to this place in my life? Folks, there is a real enemy. I'm not here to scare you. I'm just here to share biblical truth with you that we need to be on guard. And basically, I want to let you know that one of the primary tools the enemy uses in this spiritual battle is this tool of, everybody say this word together, temptation. Temptation is one of the tools that the enemy would use to get you off track, to mess things up in your life, to muddy the waters of your life. So what I wanna do, just for the next few minutes, is I want us to focus our attention on this word temptation, because it's a really big, important word in this prayer that Jesus is teaching us here in this sixth petition. So what I wanna do today, we're gonna go on a quick journey we're going, to answer, we're going to look at four questions and answer these questions. What is temptation? Number two, we're going to look at what is the source of temptation. Number three, what we're going to do is we're going to look at how does temptation work. I think we need to get an understanding of how it works so we can get victory. And number four, the question will be how can we overcome temptation. So let's begin our journey this morning. What is temptation? By the way, this is journey group week. So if you're in a journey group, start getting out your notepad right now, your paper, your pencil, because we have groups this week where we'll be discussing this message. So get yourself prepared for your group this week. So let's look. What is temptation? temptation. A lot of different definitions. Some are real heady. I didn't even understand. Some are real basic. This is the one I landed on. Temptation is an opportunity to disobey or obey God's revealed Word. God's revealed Word is our foundation of truth, direction for our life, for goodness in our life. And temptation is just provides the opportunity, will I disobey God's Word or will I obey God's Word? Okay? Okay. And I want to make something super-duper clear. I think you need to understand this. This will help a lot of people. And this is the fact, and that is that it's not a sin. It's not a sin to be tempted. Does everybody hear that this morning? It's not a sin to be tempted to do evil. Temptation is, yes, Satan's primary weapon to destroy you. But how many people know that God can use temptation to develop you, to mature you? to um, help you to be more like Jesus. Every time I defeat temptation, I'm growing, I'm maturing. Every time I defeat temptation, I'm becoming more like Jesus. So let's not just see the negative side of temptation. There's a very positive side that we can use it in the victory to grow in our lives. So the second question, see how quick that was? Second question is, what is the source of temptation? We need to understand what the source is because there's a lot of confusion when it comes to how am I tempted? There's a lot of misunderstanding. And what we want to do in this service today is bring clarity about temptation. What is the source? Well, James, the half-brother of Jesus, writes a letter called the book of James, and in chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, James is going to help the believer to understand what the source of temptation is. Let's look at these two verses. James said, when tempted, notice this, he doesn't say if tempted, because temptation is inevitable. It is going to happen. And I found the more I want to be like Jesus, it seems to happen even more. More. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? He says, When tempted, no one should say these words God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Look at the words here, nor does he tempt anyone. There's a lot of people saying, Well, God made me do it, or whatever. But James goes on to tell us what is the source of temptation. He says in verse 14, But each one is tempted when by his own evil desires, He is dragged away and enticed. He's dragged away and enticed. So the source of temptation is not God. Is everybody clear of that this morning? But the source of temptation is within us. It's our own evil desires. I heard a story this week, a small story I want to share with you. It's called the story of the two wolves. Two wolves. And in this story, there's an elderly elderly old Cherokee teaching his grandson about life. And this is what he says to his grandson. He says, a fight is going on inside of me. A fight is going on inside of me. It's a terrible fight between two wolves. One wolf is evil. He is angry, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, resentment, Lust, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. But then he continued and said, the other wolf is good. He is joy, he's peace, he's love, he's hope, he's humility, he's kindness, he's benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. Listen to what this elderly gentleman said. He said, the same fight is going on inside of you. The same fight is going inside of every other person too. The grandson stopped and he thought about it for a moment then he he asked this question to his grandfather, which wolf will win? Which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. That's a reality, there's a battle going on inside of you, your own lust, and here's what happens. My youth pastor growing up used to say this all the time. She would say, Mike, whatever you feed will grow. Whatever you starve will. Can we say that together? Whatever I feed will what? Whatever I starve will. I have found that to be so true in my life when dealing with temptation. Whatever one I continue to feed, 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 I'm never satisfied, it just continues to grow. But the one I make this choice to say, I'm going to starve it, I'm not going to feed it, sooner or later it begins to die. There's a battle going on, and it's not God tempting us, it's going on inside of us. The one we feed. So the source of temptation is our own evil desires. Paul talks about this in Galatians, by the way the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Third question, how does temptation work? I think this is very important that we understand this, and I do want to give all the, um, everything I'm going to say here in this point comes from a guy named Rick Warren. He wrote a book called The Purpose-Driven Life, and this is where I get this information. How does temptation work? Because basically temptation will follow the same pattern all the time. True of Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, true of Jesus when he was in the wilderness. Temptation follows a four-step process. Let's look at the four-step process. Step number a four-step process. Step number one is what is called desire. What happens is Satan identifies a desire within us. It may be a sinful desire. Listen very carefully. This is important. It may be a sinful desire, maybe to get revenge. Do something evil. Or, listen carefully, it may be a normal desire, maybe to be loved, to value, to feel pleasure. So it could be a negative thing, it could be a normal thing. But temptation starts when Satan suggests. And what will happen is he'll suggest with a thought that you give in to the evil desire. Or what the enemy will do is he'll say, hey, fulfill a normal desire the wrong way or at the wrong time. I want you to hear that. It could be a good desire, but hey, you, I, I'm going to tempt you to fulfill it the wrong way at the wrong time. I hate to say this word in church, but it's really the way it is. I'm going to just be very real with us today. That is so true of sex. The temptation is a good, well, it's not a temptation, it's a gift from God. How many people know that that word is a gift from God? Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chad. <laughs> it's a gift from God. But here's the deal. The enemy will come and say, hey, fulfill that desire the wrong way. Or, fulfill that desire at the wrong time. And when we do that, we give in to the temptation of sin. Great desire, but you did it the wrong way at the wrong time. God had a plan when and how but you went and did it your way, and doesn't always end well. It doesn't end well a lot of times. So what will happen during this time of desire? Satan will whisper, you deserve it. Has anybody else ever heard that voice? I have. You deserve it. You should have it now. It will be exciting. It will be comforting. It will make you feel better. I think I'm the only one messed up in this room because you guys are looking at me like, oh, Mike, you need help. Thank God I need help. Number two, step two is called doubt. Everybody say that word together, doubt. So Satan, what he does is he tries to get us to doubt what God has said about sin. It is, is it really wrong? And you begin to, you can begin to justify things in your mind. Like my dad used to say, you can justify just about anything. Is it wrong? Did God really say not to? Does God, doesn't God want me to be happy? And what happens in this time of doubt, we begin to justify and question and doubt what God has said in his word because the word is our foundation. Number three is the step of deception. I want to let you know Satan is incapable of telling the truth. That's why Jesus calls him what? The father of lies. Anything he tells you will be untrue or maybe it will be half true. Satan offers his lie to replace what God has already said in his word. We see that with Adam and Eve. He tempted them, and he says, you won't die. Or you'll be wiser, you'll be a lot wiser like God. Or the enemy will come and deceive you and say, hey, you can get away with it. You sure can get away with it. No one will ever, ever know. Besides, and this is what's big in our culture, Everyone else is doing it. Remember what your parents used to say, hey, if everybody jumps off a roof, are you going to join them? Some of you might. That's not wisdom. Okay, I'm glad you guys are listening all right. You'll get away with it. No one will ever know. I love what Rick Warren says here. He says this, listen to these words, great words. He says, um, a little sin is like being a little pregnant. I haven't given you the punchline yet. It will eventually show itself. And that's the way sin is. We say, well, I can get just, 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 just. And what we do is... Lord, just let me put my foot, let me put my foot over the line just, and we think nobody will ever know, but I wanna let you know, a little sin is like a little pregnant, eventually it begins to show. Step four. Let's move on from this quickly. Step four is called disobedience. You finally act on the thought that you've been toying with in your mind. What began as an idea is birthed now into a behavior. And I want to let you know that you will give in to whatever gets your attention. And here you believe Satan's lie and fall into the trap that James wrote about. James gave us what's going to happen. And look at um, the next verse. He says in verse 15, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. You say death to what? Death to everything we talked about at the beginning. Your faith, your relationships, your peace. It gives death to your destiny. It gives death to joy and health. Those are, that's what, those are the things God wants you, for you, but the enemy will come and try to take them from you. So this is how temptation works, these four steps. And I have found these four steps to be true in my life. How about you? Think about it this week, how this works. Time after time, after time, after time. So what I wanna do now is I wanna conclude with this fourth question, and that is how can we overcome temptation? How can we have victory? And I wanna begin by saying you have a good, good father. We talked about this in week one, our father, he's a good father, and I wanna let you know your father wants you to have victory. We can turn this temptation not into a sin, we can turn it into an opportunity to grow. We can turn it into an opportunity to be more like Jesus. We can turn it into an opportunity to walk in our destiny, what God has for us. So how can we overcome temptation? Three um, quick thoughts. Number one is we need to request God's help. Request God's help. I love, that's that's what this sixth petition, by the way, is all about. We're starting our day by what? Requesting God's help. And I love how this verse reads in the New Living Translation. I think these translators did an amazing job with this verse. And this is how it reads in the New Living Translation. And do not let us yield to temptation. Lord, temptation is probably going to come my way today. But when it comes today, Lord, will you give me the strength and help me not to yield to temptation, but rescue me from the evil one. So when we're praying this petition of the Lord's Prayer, we're actually asking God, help us. Help us. That's why it's so important to pray this at the beginning of the day. Lord, help me today. If temptation comes my way, give me the help not to yield to it. Give me the power, the, the ability not to yield to it, and to be able to resist and say no. Lord, keep me from those situations. And here's what I personally believe, that God can answer these prayers. I believe if we pray with a pure heart at the beginning of the day, I believe there's days that God actually delivers us from evil without us even knowing. That's my personal belief. I know many times I begin to say, Lord, today I don't even want to be tempted. If there's a way you can deliver me from it, I'm all open to it. If if there's a road that you don't want me to go down, it's going to cause trouble or a relationship, God, keep me from it. At the beginning of the day, I'm asking for your help. So request God's help. Say, God, I want you to be in my day. Lead me not into temptation. When it comes, help me to have the victory. Second thing we can do to get victory is this, and that is to recognize your pattern of temptation and be prepared for it. There is going to be a pattern of our temptation, and I want to let you know these are certainly true in my life. I have found there's a pattern of when I'm tempted more so than other times. And these are four things to write down I think would be very helpful for you. And that is these are questions we need to ask ourselves if we're serious about getting victory over temptation. Four great questions. Number one is where am I, where am I most tempted? I'm sorry, when am I most tempted? When am I most tempted? Maybe it's a day of the week. Maybe it's a time of the day. But I know in my life there's certain days and there's certain times when the temptation is greater. So ask yourself that question when am I most tempted? Another great question would be where am I most tempted? Is it at work? Or is it at home? Or is it when I'm in a sports bar or a hotel room? Where am I most tempted? If you're serious about getting victory and becoming more like Jesus, you need to really begin to use your common sense and ask yourself these questions, when and where? And then number three is, this is huge, you guys, and that is, who is with me when I'm most tempted? Who am I usually with when I'm tempted? Am I with friends? If so, you might want to consider your friends, by the way, just side note. Is it with your coworkers? Is it with a stranger? Maybe it's when you're alone, but who am I with when I'm most tempted? Answering that question may help you considerably. When, where, and who? And this is another big one in my life, and that is how do I usually feel when I'm tempted? For me, it's when I'm tired. I'm tired, I'm exhausted, my, my spirit is tired. It's been a long week. That's when temptation, that's how I usually feel, I'm tired. Maybe it's when you're lonely. You're prone to greater temptation. Maybe it's when you're bored. <laughs> you're bored, that's not a good thing. When you're depressed, maybe it's when you're under stress. You need to ask yourself these four questions, and they may give you the answer of how you can get greater victory in your area of temptation because here's the deal. God wants you to have victory. He's a good, good father. He's not the source of your temptation. He wants you to walk in victory. Amen? Amen. There's one more step you can take to get victory and this is big. This actually just came to me last night so it's a late arrival into the game and that is some of us just need to stop and ask yourself this question, and determine this thought, and that is determine who you want to become. Determine who you want to become. Let me explain for. Let me um, explain, maybe to give you some help, guidance here. I am tempted. I want to let you know I face temptation, but I want to let you know ahead of that temptation, I've already determined who I want to become. What do you mean by that? I've determined I want to be a good dad. I've determined I want to be a good husband. I determined I want to be a good pastor, who not only starts but finishes strong. I determine who I want to be. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to live out the third B in our our mission, and that is I want to become more like Jesus. So I wanna let you know there are times when I'm tempted. This is real. It happens probably multiple times a day when I'm tempted with something, and I ask myself, or I say to myself, Mike, is that really who you wanna be? And hands down, 100% of the time, the answer is no. That's not who I wanna be. I wanna be an awesome husband. I wanna be an awesome dad. I wanna end this race that God has put me on. I want to be like Jesus. So when I think of it that way, I usually say, oh, that's right. That wouldn't get me where I want to go. Does that make sense this morning? Am I just speaking to myself or does that make sense to you too? I hope so. So here's what I want to do in conclusion. And that is, I just want to continue to give you good news. Good news. Good news concerning temptation. Temptation. And that is that our Heavenly Father that we talked about all the way at the beginning of our journey in week one, our Father, who desires to have a relationship with us, I want to let you know He loves you. He loves you. And He wants you to have victory over temptation. He really does. And I know if you're anything like me, I'm, I'm hard on myself. I'm, a very, I'm one of my worst critics That's just my personality, I I expect a lot out of myself. So sometimes I get very hard on myself and I start to think back of the times I gave in to temptation. But I am so thankful that I have a God who is loving and just and merciful. And when I run to him with forgiveness on my heart, how many people know he sets me free? I mean, we talked about it already, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, just, to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the enemy loves to beat us up. Well, you're a failure. Look at your life right now. You call yourself, that's not of, the, that's not, that's not of God. God loves us. God loves us. Yes, does God convict us of wrong? Absolutely, to set us back on the right path. But I want to let you know that God loves you so much that he wants you to have victory over temptation. Why? Because God's desire is that we don't live in the past. Does everybody hear me this morning? God's desire is that we don't live in the past. Yesterday ended last night. God's desire is that we live in this moment. And God's desire is that we are people of strong faith. God's desire is that we're people with healthy relationships. God's desire is that we're people that live with peace. Where God's desire is that we're living out our destiny with joy and with health. And I want to let you know this today, that God is for you. God is for you. How do I know God is for you? He's so for you that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for those sins of the past so that we can be brought into right standing with God. Amen? So let's do this this morning. Let's bow our heads this morning. Here's what I want us to do as we close this series this morning. Can we, can we pray this prayer together? Can we all stand to our feet this morning? Okay, let's pray this prayer. We've talked about it for um, six weeks now. Let's pray it one last time here together at the end of this series let's pray together our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I just want to say one last time. Your Father in heaven loves you. And he demonstrated that love by sending his son Jesus to die for you. Now we have a choice to make. Will we receive Jesus or... Or reject Christ. And my heart's desire is that we would be people who would all say yes to Jesus. Amen? Amen.